Welcome to the Greenbelt Project, where we bring the Iowa Greenbelt to life. The Greenbelt Project is brought to you by the Ellsworth College Foundation and Time Citizen Communications. This show is sponsored by Iowa Falls State Bank, member FDIC, and Hanson Family Hospital. The host is yours truly, Andy Ferguson. Oh, my name is Chris Weaver. I was born on 1975, May 31st, at Ellsworth Community Hospital, Ellsworth Hospital. I was the firstborn son of Rocky and Christy Weaver, who my father had been born here as well. Both his siblings were born here, same hospital, Ellsworth Hospital, uh, Jim Weaver and Susie Weaver. And his dad, Wood, I believe, was born in that hospital as well. We go back a ways. Our family started off in the limestone business and construction business. We paved roads, asphalt was really what they focused on, and then crushing limestone. Um, we opened up the pit between Iowa Falls and Alden. Um, that was Wood Weaver did that, my grandfather, who I never knew. Uh, he died before I was born, and uh, he died at 51 and he was dancing in the boat club down there. He had a heart attack and died. He was 51 years old, and uh, my grandma, who's 10 years younger than he was, she was 41 at the time. Yeah, she had to look after the kids and do all of that. And then uh, she was kind of there for me growing up and through some challenging times. And she died about... 16 years ago, but her name was Elaine Weaver, and she was just a great, great woman. Tough lady, but really wonderful woman. But she was originally from Hubbard Radcliffe, so Wood was born here, my grandfather. She was a Hubbard gal. There's still, um, and her maiden name was Bunty. There's still a number of Bunties in this area. So if you go over in the Hubbard Radcliffe area, there's a, n a number of bunties that are around, and some of them are farming and good folks over there, and they're, we're related. Grandma also had some sisters, mm. and so there's some relation in the Alden area and around here that I have from the on the bunty side. But those are mostly second cousins and, and third cousins mm -hmm. and on down the line. I got married 20 years ago. We just celebrated 20 years on January 27th, my wife and I, Jesse, and uh, we have two boys. We Our sons are Sam and Carter. Sam is 19, going to Iowa State is a sophomore year, and Carter is a junior here at, in Iowa Falls. How did you meet? Jesse and I met at a wedding. Uh, would, be, <laughs> uh, would be in April of, oh gosh, 03. And we both, Jesse and I both went to Iowa State, so Iowa State University for college. And she was in a fraternity, Kappa Kappa Gamma. I was a beta and a fraternity house beta. A lot of Iowa Falls Alden guys were betas. I mean, just a tradition of Iowa Falls and Alden guys. The Prentices and the Ram Spots and the Birdwells and the, you know, there's a lot of fellas that, that came from Iowa Falls or Alden and went and were in that fraternity house. So I was there. And one of my fraternity brothers and one of her sorority sisters were getting married. And I was at the wedding. She was at the wedding. And they were mutual friends of ours. And that's kind of where we met. It was in Chicago. That's where we met. And we hit it off. And yeah, the rest is history. 
there's stories to go with that, but I don't know if I can tell the stories. <laughs> sure. I'll do the PG version just because it's okay to do the PG version. She had a gentleman that was at the wedding who her friends were trying to set her up, and he was really bothering her. She mm-hmm. decided that this wasn't a good deal. She didn't like him, and she needed somebody to be around to get rid of this guy, to be a lead blocker. And, mm-hmm. and so she s- said to me, she said, Chris, could you help me with this person? I, I need somebody to kind of tell him to go away. And I had never seen this guy. Like, I didn't know if he was, you know, 6'5", 250. <laughs> I didn't know. I said, well, I mean, if I'm taking on this role of protector, you know, I don't, I'm taking on some risk here. What's my payback here? Mm-hmm. She said, well, what do you want? I said, a kiss on the lips would be great. And she gave me a kiss on the lips. That was about it. That was yeah, history sure. at that point. He was kind of persistent. We did have to ask him to go away, but... Worked out pretty well for me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That was 20 years ago, which is hard to believe, you know. Yeah. Tell yeah. me a little bit more about your kids. Well, Sam, he, um, school-wise, he's studying uh, business management at Iowa State. He's very musical kid, so he's minoring in music technology. His goal, I think, at this point, and he's 19, so mm-hmm. who knows, but at this point is to uh, produce music, to produce I work with artists and do music mm-hmm. production. And so currently his plan is to go from Iowa State and then go to Nashville. There are some specialty schools where you actually get into the studio and work with artists and they help you learn the actual trade. So after he graduates from Iowa State, I think that's where he would like to go, supposedly. We'll see. There's Blackbird Academy, mm-hmm. there's John and Martina McBride School. We visited that one and that was really neat. We got to, we got to do that before he chose Iowa State but he's doing that and then he's actually refing so he refs he's a referee for JV and middle school games in the Ames area and he helps referee and manage the intramurals at Iowa State oh nice yeah he's active in sports he's he's always been a pretty good athlete and so that's something he's kept up with he's on a really one of the top intramural basketball teams at Iowa State he gets to compete still, which is something he likes. He really likes to compete. And so that's something he still gets to do. Then Carter. Carter is, you know, he's he's also musical. He's playing uh, the piano in Jazz One right now. He's doing very well in school. He's a four-sport athlete. He's an athletic kid, competitive kid. He's got a girlfriend in Webster City. We see a lot of her. That's a thing. He's doing very well and pretty happy with how he's handling himself in high school and we're talking about college visits now, which is crazy. We're looking down the barrel of empty nesthood, which is yeah. a year and a half away. Yeah. So tell me about your experience growing up. Did you grow up here in Iowa Falls area? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Born and raised here. Dad and mom, they started off in a small house on the west side, a little blue house on the corner. And uh, dad and his brother came back I think dad was kind of being in the draft or he had been, was going to go to Vietnam and then his dad passed away. And so Jim and my dad, Rocky, were brought back. And his name was Merle Rockney Weaver with an Mm -hmm. N and he did not like Merle and he did not like Rockney and he was in the rock (laughs) business. So he's Rocky. Oh, sure. That was his name. Everyone knew him as Rocky, all his friends. Knew him as Rocky, and, and that's how I knew him. You know, besides Dad, that's 
the way he, who he was, you know. They came back after Wood died and they ran the company. And they were just 22 and like 19. Young. Young guys. So they came back after Wood died. That would have been late 60s, early 70s, 1970-ish. And uh, they both brought their wives with them or wives-to-be with them. They were very young and my mom was 19 when she came back here. They both were going to Arizona State. Jim was going to, uh, he was playing football at Arizona State. And they both brought women who had never been to, you know, I really hadn't hung out in small town Iowa. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, I was born in 75 and they had a little house on the west side. You know, I grew up starting off a success story waiting to be born, not for me per se, but for the people who were raising me, my dad and Jim were struggling a lot uh, at that time. Um, um, and they had to fight and claw to hold on to Weaver construction. It mm-hmm. was a very challenging time. So the eighties, the early eighties were tough. I think what changed in a huge way, the trajectory of the company is they were awarded the, the contract to I-35. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah, it was, it was. And I can't remember if it was from Mason City to Ellsworth or where it was or mm-hmm. Jewel or I don't remember what chunk, but like I said, there's people in the community who would know they probably were actually on the crew out there doing it. <laughs> and uh, it was great. I mean, that was big. It was a big change for our family. The business grew and things kind of took off from there. In 86, my dad decided to to sell that company. So sell Weaver Construction to Martin Marietta, who currently operates that core today. Now he sold the operation. We still own the quarry mm-hmm. on the south side of the road where they're mining. So the Weaver family still owns that, but they own everything on the north side, all the buildings, all the equipment, and obviously the stone that's stockpiled. Yep, so we have a leasing arrangement with Martin still to this day. So it's been 38 years since dad sold the company. We still maintain a relationship with them. Growing up, you know, I I remember moving a little bit when we were kids, moved that small house, moved to a river house, we moved to a duplex, and Dad built the home I grew up in when I was seven, so 1982, and um, that was kind of where I remember growing up, you know, because before that's not as clear, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're sure. seven, you're eight, you know, you're growing up, and, and that was a really neat experience because it was a home that Dad built and he had the construction crew and everybody to help. And it was quite a house. Um, we had slides in our house. So I had a trap door in my closet. <laughs> this is crazy, right? <laughs> this is good. And I had two-story basement. So you could literally open the trap door in the closet on the main floor. And there was a box below you and a tube, like a metal tube coming up through the box. And you could get in the box and you could slide down two stories into a gymnasium. It was a half-court basketball court. Dad mm-hmm. built this, you know. So he's, he's all out of his imagination. He just thought of all this. It came in handy, too, especially when mom, my mom was angry with me about something because I could lock the door to my room, which didn't last very long. She knew how to get right through there. <laughs> but it gave me enough time to get down into that trap door. It's and, way to escape. And escape yeah. down the secret, you know, chute. And that was great. That was a good deal. 
I have lots of friends that remember coming over and and hanging out in our house, and it was a it was a very cool place. Uh, we had a big pond in the backyard, and it was stocked full of trout, uh, rainbow trout, and you could go and fish those out of there and cook them up right at the dinner table, which we did. You know, we had horses, and um, I competed from about the time I was eight years old. The Spees family, uh, my mom and, and Barb Spees were good close friends. Christy and Barb were pals. And so I ended up, you know, de facto friends of all of my mom's friends' friends, which that was the Spees girls. And just recently, Sarah and George bought a house here in town, which is great. I get to see she's a Spees. Um, she helped teach me how to ride a horse, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, that's where I first rode a horse was out there. And I started that when I was about eight and then our family started to buy horses and get into the get into that at that time. I, I might have been seven. I might have been seven when I first learned to ride, but it, I was young, you know. And it was a Shetland pony over at Spies' house, and we ended up buying that. And that was my first horse, this little Shetland pony. Anyway, started showing I think when I was eight, and then showed all over the country for better part of five years. Did different things. We did. You know, timed events and English events, jumping, mm-hmm. speed events, barrels, flags, all of that. Did carts, did karting, did Western English, all of it. And so that was part of our deal. The Speezes did that as well. And then we kind of got, so we became friends with a lot of people in that community, horsing around. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, so that was part of my life growing up. That was a big part of, you know, something I was into and... Iowa State University has always been big. My dad took me to games when I was a kid, and so we still do that with our kids. That's something we've been able to also do, you know. And a uh, big thing that happened that I think most people in this community know about, but may- maybe some don't, is, you know, in, when I was 13, well, first in 86, dad sold the company that was big, and he bought uh, Greenbelt Bank mm-hmm. and Trust. So a lot of people know of Greenbelt Bank. My dad moved out of the quarry business and construction business and moved moved into banking which is quite a quite a shift it was the amidst the farm crisis and they knew dad had just sold weaver construction they knew he had come into some money they needed help the bank was in trouble and so dad said no i'm not gonna do that but i'll buy you from the fdic after you fail and that's what he did he waited until the they want to jump on a sinking ship Mm -hmm. he wanted to wait until he could owned it himself. That's what he did. So he did that in 86. He opened the doors to Greenbelt Bank on August 1st of 86. Closed Citizen State Bank on July 31st officially and opened it. You know, so it was quick and told the employees, you're not going to lose your job. You're going to be able to continue on and and we're going to make this family affair. And that's, that's what we've tried to do, you know, for a long time. Shortly after that, a couple years later, mom and dad were in a car accident. And so mom died on impact and dad, he died a couple months later. And so that was that was big. Community remembers it. I mean, obviously it was a big event for me. At that point, we'd adopted my little brother, Rex. I was nine when we adopted him. And so he was only about three and a half years old. I just turned 13 in May, end of May. And, and so uh, that was a big deal for for us and for the community for the business for everything yeah so it's huge i think it's fair to say dad was a pretty a very capable leader 
and so and he had a lot of friends a lot of people he and mom were adored by a lot of folks and so it was hard it was yeah. a hard time but um it's taught me a lot it's been a hard go sometimes trying to deal with that but it's been a good life experience to grow from they gave me a lot of good things you know they they provided me a lot of good things so that i could deal with adversity and i could deal with challenges that way and so that was that was big and then uh, Richard and Carol Gauck, who are great folks, they adopted, uh, well, they took took on the responsibility of looking after uh, Rex and I and did a great job. They're great people and great friends of my mom and dad's. And they uh, their family took on that responsibility. And, and when I was 19, I left for school and went to Iowa State and started kind of on my own path. That was a tough time. Those were oh, tough sure. years, you know. But I've always been so fortunate, you know, personally to have so many great people around me. It's one of the things. I mean, it's something I give, I'm just thankful for every day, especially this community, is people really cared. And they really stood by me and stood by my family and wanted to help. Mm -hmm. You know, they wanted to help. They wanted to help us. There's so many different people I could point at and say thank you, you know, people that have always just checked in and, been watchful and caring and and done what they can to help us along the way and Jesse and I are we will never be able to repay all the generosity and kindness has been shown to us we'll never be able to we'll, we try we're gonna try and we're gonna keep trying but it's it's just just pretty amazing this this group this area and these this little community you know and what it's willing to do for people who really care you know who, and people who are willing to stick and represent and and I think that our our family's done that but I mean boy it's it's paid the gifts uh, that that have resulted from our willingness to stay here and work hard and and make something real is it's it's just been exponential the people around here are so good and kind and giving and we just we're blessed mm -hmm. you know we yeah, really sure. we really are was it because of your father taking over you know, having Greenbelt Bank and Trust, was that a motivation for you to get into banking or? Ah, so dad was not part of the bank very long. He only owned it for two years, mm -hmm. right? He and mom only owned the bank for two years. So the man who really built Greenbelt Bank in those years was Steve Afthal. Dad hired Steve Afthal in 1987 in the summer and died a year later. So Steve was 39 years old and he came on and a year later, the guy who hired him is gone. The family's gone. The community's devastated. And here he is, a 40-year-old man in charge of a bank uh, and and being set, told, hey, here, here are the reins. Go, mm -hmm. you know. And he built, the, he built the company, you know. And he and the people who, who were with him and around him at the time, and once again, we had a lot of good people around us. Larry High, Dick Gauck, different people who wanted to, to make sure the company succeeded. We had a great board and we they really worked hard to make sure this this whole thing continued forth and continued on. But Steve really was the was the guy who ran it and made it go. I was thirteen. I wasn't gonna run a bank at thirteen. I didn't know this first thing. I didn't I was just trying to grow up and be a you know, I was a teenager, I was a mess. It's just so fortunate for me and my brother at the time to have the kind of people we had around us to help. And Steve, Steve Aftal being a number one 
blessing on our family and many others, as I said, it's just, just very fortunate. So I went to college at 19 and I didn't, I didn't know what I was gonna do, you know? And while that's going on, the bank's growing and we're paying off debt from dad's estate tax bill, which we didn't plan on have or having to deal with. We mm -hmm. had, dad had taken on debt when he bought the bank. It wasn't until about the year 2000, we even got that debt paid. I don't think people knew, but we had a sizable debt until then that mm -hmm. we were paying off. And so that's when things started to really move for us. And then for me, I, I was, you know, in 2000, I was, I lived in Phoenix, Arizona. I was teaching. I got a degree in English from Iowa State. Then I got a post-baccalaureate in elementary education down in Arizona. And I was teaching and I wanted to, um, I wanted to teach in other countries. That was what I, was what I had planned. That I did. I went down to Mexico, taught at a college down there in 2001 taught at Eatson University in, in Guaymas, Sonora. I decided I, I wanted to do that and I, I found a, some job postings and one was to teach at a college, which I was like, wow, you know, go from teaching degree and teaching young kids to go and, and working at a college in Mexico, okay. And so what I needed to do was I needed to provide video for this, uh, to get this job. And so I started a class in Alden at the library there. And I was, I was teaching English to local people. Uh, and that was how I started. I sent that video as kind of a resume to the college and they hired me. Dana House ran the program and she, she liked what I did. And so she brought me on and I started teaching right there uh, that August. And uh, let me tell you, teaching at a college in Mexico in August in Sonora. Pretty warm? It's hot. <laughs> There's no air conditioning. They, they hand you a piece of chalk. There's a nice big chalkboard. There's a couple fans on the ceiling and and here you go. You know, you look at like a college here and they guide you through the, you know, the program. This is how we do it and this is the, the curriculum. It wasn't a lot of that. So it was, you know, ready, fire, aim, let's go. Throw them to the wolves. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, I, I got a family to live with. Uh, they had a casita, so I, I rented their casita. And uh, they were a great family, really kind couple. Their kids had all graduated. So we were just, I was kind of paying them a, a rent and uh, got to know them. Berton and Eduardo, they were, they were just wonderful people in Guaymas. And they took, you know, took good care of me and, and then um, worked there. And then I got another job in San Carlos uh, working at a resort. I was an executive assistant for the head person. Um, and it was a brand new resort. So that was kind of a good gig because you go from teaching, then you go to a resort on the water, mm -hmm. and San Carlos was a resort town, so it was fun, you know? So you had Guaymas, which was which was work, and it was, you know, it was small. It was kind of rough, a little rougher, but San Carlos was really super nice, and this resort was right on the water, so I got to do that and got paid for that. That was a year, you know? And then they cut the English program in Guaymas, Sonora, and so I came back, moved to Kansas City, was doing some real estate in Kansas City, but I wasn't sure what I, where I was gonna land. I wasn't sure mm -hmm. what, I was, what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure what my next move was and decided Kansas City wasn't so great, decided to leave. Moved uh, in March of 03 back to um, Iowa Falls. I had, I had bought a little home on the river, which is across from the middle school. And I moved back with the intention of getting a job somewhere else, you know, not in Iowa, not not around Iowa Falls. And 
shortly after that, I met Jesse at the, the wedding. I had already gotten a job in Denali National Park, Alaska. I was going to. Wow. Yeah, I was going to design and, and guide tours in Alaska. That was the plan. And that fell through kind of last minute. And I got an email from a buddy of mine in college, and he said, I need somebody to lease my apartment, uh, sublet my apartment. I have a roommate. I checked out the roommate. There's a guy I really I knew in school really well, really good, good dude. And I said, I, I'll go there. Okay, I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to sit around here waiting for another job. I'm going to go there. I'm going to find a job. Did that. Started sub- subbing right away in Chicago. Learned very quickly. In Chicago, when you substitute teach, you need to know what school you're going to. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> you can end up in the wrong neighborhood uh, quick if sure. you don't know what school you're, you're teaching. So I did that. And Jesse and I met in April. That was after we met. Cause, so I had... I wanted to get out of Falls. I had this opportunity to move into this place, and and Jesse was there, and so we we hit it off, and and we, we kind of decided we really liked each other. We kind of decided we want to get married. We decided if we were going to raise a family, that Chicago wasn't the place. So that's how I got back here. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, it was the bank was always something that I kept tabs on but i wasn't i worked some summers Mm -hmm. but never really got serious about understanding the business or being a part of the business until after we moved back about 20 20 and a half years ago that's when things got serious you know and um i started as a marketing marketing assistant marketing person got into strategic planning and strategic development and then um, went and became the chairman of the board. Done that for about seven years. And then just recently, I'm president of the Bancorp. Um, I became full owner of the, of the bank. Jesse and I became full owners. And at the end of June, bought my brother out in June. So now the Weaver family owns, Chris and Jesse Weaver family own 100% of Greenbelt Bank and Trust. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. We feel honored. Um, it's it's a lot, but really wonderful opportunity to serve this community, serve the people in it, and and continue the tradition, you know, and really keep keep on rocking. Yeah, which is what we've done. The bank's grown fifty six million in assets in eighty six when we bought it, when Dad bought it, and we're about seven hundred million in assets today, ish. So we've had some pretty serious growth. Oh sure. Yeah, we've been able to acquire some acquire some other branches over the years and we just opened a office in Parkersburg so that just happened this last early fall and what do you think has allowed that success I don't know there's a lot of different things but I think what mostly it's all about is we've maintained these values certain values one of our leading values is community mm. we believe strongly that a good strong organization, good bank, community bank is about the community, must be about the community. We're lucky here in Iowa Falls that we have not just our bank, but a couple others that care about the community that are locally owned and care about the community. We're very fortunate that way as as three community banks in Iowa Falls is great. There's no regionals, there's no Wells Fargo's. I mean, this is, it's a blessing. We believe strongly in that and giving back we also believe in the idea of community among our staff, looking after one another, caring for one another. 
Um, one of our other values is camaraderie. We believe in working hard and playing hard. So we have a lot of fun together. I mean, we try to make the business environment, the place where you come to work, not just a place to work, but also to make real connections and grow in your job, but also have people around you that really care and will we'll stand up for one another and fight together to succeed. That's important. Servant leadership is another one where we expect our leaders to also serve their community and serve one another and serve our customers with integrity. Integrity is another one. Mm-hmm. I think those things were true when dad started the company. He proved it and we just want to keep it going. You know, sure. We just want to keep those things rolling forward. When I look for leaders in our company to run our company, CEOs, that's what I look for. And I've been, we've been blessed to find really good people to guide us forward. Hasn't been, always been perfect, but I think we can look at our history and our performance and say, it was good. It's been good. Mm-hmm. You know, Kirk Young currently runs the bank. He runs Greenbelt Bank and Trust, and he's doing a great job. He's a, he's a Dodger. He's a Fort Dodge guy, you know, but he knows our community. <laughs> Even if it's, he has four kids that have been going, he's been coming here to athletics and games and interacting with people from here for 30 years, you know. He knows Iowa Falls and he loves this place. And so we've been real fortunate. He started in 2019 and before him, it was Mark Knoll. Mark Knoll had worked for the company for over, th- you know, for 30 years and Steve Aftal before him. And Steve Aftal helped build what, I mean, he didn't help, he built what what we have. And Steve is still, Steve's 75, but he, he's still at it, you know, and he wants to keep being at it as long as he can. He loves this place, he loves this bank, it's like one of his kids. And so I'm blessed to be able to have him around maybe about, you know, a week, a quarter. Every three months he'll come and hang out for a week and we'll, We'll strategize and work together. He just did that. He just left on Saturday. And that that's a special gift for me to be able to see him and, and, and talk about banking. And he geeks out over banking more than I do. I mean, he just, <laughs> oh, he's a CPA. He loves the numbers. And, you know, I'm more strategy and people. And, and, and so we work well together. With It's a good combo. We've, over our last 30 years working together, good things have happened. Just... Yeah, really blessed with that. But Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the different projects? So need my marketing director to guide me down the Primrose path here. We gave we try to give um, every year two percent of prior year's earnings back. So this year I think we did twenty twenty three we did something like two hundred and sixty thousand, two hundred seventy. Pretty sizable amount. Yeah, yeah. And then our family also does some things, but the projects themselves, some of them are ongoing projects, some of them are annual gives. It just depends. Also, you know, the staff are all like I, I mentor. I've been mentoring at the high school since I got here. There's other people that do that. But there is seldom a project or an organization in this community doing anything where our staff, some members of our staff, aren't directly involved you know i know like mariah sherman who's in a commercial loan officer for our bank she's she's heavily into the chamber you know and molly she's on the foundation board of the hospital and it just i think i try to keep track but it's it's everybody 
tons of, of young fathers that coach nonstop. I can't believe all the coaching. I mean, I used to coach, but they really coach. They coach everything, you know. It's unbelievable. Adam Hartford and Matt McNeil coaching all the time. Matt will even do the music at the baseball games, you know, and the score, you know, and organize all that. It's just lots of people involved in lots of different projects. If there's something important going on in the community, we want to be there. If there's a, a project that's going to make a, an impact, we want to be there. If it's the hospital, if it's the Meyer Aquatic Facility, if it, it doesn't matter what it is, we want to be there. And we, we try to do that also in our other markets. Now that gets tricky because everybody has need. Every, there's a lot of need. Food sustainability is one of those things we focus on. Uh, I think, you know, this year we gave, at the end of the year, I think we gave somewhere 10,000 or more to the, I, I don't want to say numbers because I'll get it wrong. Like I said, I need Molly to tell me, but we gave uh, thousands to the food pantry and the Ruth project mm-hmm. and, and some other things around town. I think that's important. We do community projects, always looking to do community projects, anything you know, that we is gonna bring value to the community. Then um, we do stuff with the county fairgrounds. That's always one of the things we do. We believe strongly in ag. We're an ag-focused bank. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, most of our business is working with farmers and, and engaging with farmers. And uh, so that's an important part. FFA and, and a number of those programs are important to us and getting involved at county fairgrounds. We'll do that in Franklin County. We'll do that in Hardin County. We'll do that Grundy, Grundy Days. We'll do that at Ackley. Ackley mm-hmm. Sauerkraut Days is a big deal. We're always heavily involved. Just being there, being active, I think that's always been a big part of what we do. It's, it's never do we have enough to do. It's how do we choose like how do you pick and um that's the hardest thing is because you have a limited amount of time a limited amount of resources and our people already work really hard during the day and we're asking them to do more that's the tricky balance it's a blessing like i said it's we're also very blessed in what we have and our ability to give back that's something that our bank's serious about it's something we expect of our staff is to give back and give their time and treasure a little bit and and that's something we we want to see but it's always happening all the time i think the future for for our family and for mm-hmm. our business right now looking ahead is is looking great and uh, and the banks in a in a good spot i think our industry is a little bit tough right now the rapid increase in interest rates has created what's called margin compression and we're seeing that across the country and so the next two or three years are going to be better. But, you know, I, as a company, I feel like we're in a great place. Jesse and I and our boys are in a good place. So I feel pretty blessed. I don't know. Um, future looks good and feel very fortunate to be, be a part of this community. Thank yeah. you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to The Greenbelt Project. The show is sponsored by Iowa Falls State Bank, member FDIC, and Hanson Family Hospital. The Greenbelt Project is produced by the Ellsworth College Foundation and Time Citizen Communications. The Greenbelt Project podcast is available on all streaming services and on timecitizen.com. 